Howdy, friends. It's Greg Milby once again. Thanks for listening to the Lyrics and Laughs podcast, a podcast where we recite great country lyrics like poetry and a useless attempt in converting our non-country music-loving friend Kenny into a fan. Tonight, in honor of Mother's Day, it's Mama Tried by Merle Haggard on episode number 57 of the Lyrics and Laughs podcast. Dr. Chuckles, Joe Bennett. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Captain Poetry, Eric Clemens. Hey, best friend, you're looking very beautiful tonight. I like your glasses. And not a fan, Kenny Rambo. (laughs) That's not what you think. It's actually garbage water. Garbage water. I don't know. I haven't had a Coke in a while. I've been drinking garbage water. Yep. And it's... I'm coming around. I really like it. I'm glad we got you on board. Yeah. How yeah. do they get you in garbage water? Tilting the tide. Do, we, do the do the people know what garbage water is when I say that? Have I we talked about that? I don't that? know if we've covered garbage water as a noun. I don't think it's necessarily one product now. It's there are multiple products. Yeah, it's LaCroix. It's Hey, whoa, whoa, no free, no free prep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, oh we'll send up a bill. I'm writing it down. Okay. I'm okay. dogging them. All right. LaCroix. Well, it's it's carbonated water, like, right? Sparkling water. Sparkling water, sparkling whatever. Water. It tastes terrible. It's like if you want Water with a hint, I mean, not even a hint, a, 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 a flavor, a, a flavor. That's too much. That's too much flavor I gave it. Well, it's so, awful. So the office comes with a well-stocked fridge of garbage water, and there was something by a major um, grocery chain that uh, was um, had a, has a hint of doctor flavor. It's just a hint. It's <laughs> what they call it, yeah. a, a hint of doctor flavor. <laughs> What, what are you doing? That's the flavor. That's oh, as much oh, flavor gotcha. as you get. Yeah, yeah just a hint. So anyway, um, Kenny I just did me the whole bit. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, so Kenny, Kenny turned me on to this, and they are quite good. It's changed my life is what I'm trying to say. Well, you're welcome, man. Yeah. So sure. I have said yes to your garbage water. Now you say yes to country music, and we can all go home <laughs> we early. Can, we can wrap this whole thing yeah, up. You can just have us of country music in yeah, your Yeah, yeah. And, and by that, it just means... What is that, uh, uh, every every car ride, you just a quick, just a quick one song. That's it. That's all yeah. we're asking for. Not even a whole song. You can listen like to the intro and then turn the channel. Hmm. All right, uh, you know, do it. this is this is I. I got to talk about this. We've been sitting in these chairs, mm-hmm. these metal. I mean, you can hear them squeak. I'm sure on the podcast. Yep. These three metal Kenny, Eric, and myself in these chairs. Greg, however, mm-hmm. is in the lap of luxury. Oh, oh I can yeah. hear the massager going. No, he got a, He not only has always had a very comfortable chair. Yeah, he got himself a new chair. Mm-hmm. It's like um, imagine a guy that's like streaming all day on Twitch. Yep, that's Greg right now. Yeah, are, are there seat belts on that? There is. Do you really have a massager? Yeah, dude. <clears throat> that's not a joke. No, no, it wasn't a joke. Are you kidding me? Sure. You know, the last time I talked about these chairs. The ones that we sit in, the metal ones. Yes. And you're in traction? At the physical therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought about buying you two chairs, and then I realized I don't have a budget for that. Hmm. Hmm. Luke, <laughs> can we work on that, buddy? You're talking about me? Yeah, uh, I'm talking about you. Our sponsor, no, Luke Andrews. You have so much money. Yeah. And you're living rent free. You yep. could have a mansion mm-hmm. in E Town. I could. But instead, you're sure. living in Greg's basement. So I just think. You know, maybe you maybe you throw a loaf of bread in the cupboard. And let me tell you something about Greg. And maybe Milby. you buy some chairs. That's all I'm saying. I'm living I'm living here rent free, and the man won't even buy me a new couch to sleep on. Okay, I'm sleeping I'm I'm sleeping on this raggedy old couch out here. It's ridiculous. Did, are you the one that gave the couch COVID? Man, how'd you know? Well, everybody knew. <laughs> oh, that good man! I didn't even know a couch could get COVID. A couch isn't a living, breathing thing, but only a couch that end. old. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I get, I, got, I did give it COVID. Uh, okay. I'm, that's my bad. All right, <laughs> that's a big my bad, as okay. someone I know says. All right, man, I'm gonna get out of here. I guess and right. go sit on my couch that has COVID. Greg, <laughs> bye, Luke. So earlier tonight, dinner, my youngest Garrett goes. Dad, why why does the door slam so much when you guys are doing the podcast? I said, well, um, it's Luke Bryan's living in her basement. And he goes, Luke Bryan, like, I say, I say, I say, boy. I go, <laughs> I said, what? He goes, you know, I say, I say. I go, no, that's Foghorn Leghorn. 
<laughs> I go, Luke Bryan. I go, I don't have time. So, yeah, that's how that was like. Wait, he doesn't know who Luke Bryan is? Exactly. I heard that. <laughs> Stay out there. But we, I bet he knows who Luke Andrews is because custom home sites in the new Briarwood Reserve, lots ranging from a half acre to three-quarter acre, ready to build your dream home. All you have to do is visit luke.homesearchlouisville.com, and Luke would be happy to give you more information. That is the Luke Andrews. And then when you get that house in Elizabethtown, in the new Briarwood, you can fill it with comfortable furniture for your podcast friends. Yeah, maybe yeah. we purchase chairs or somebody purchased chair, <clears throat> Kenny, uh, that have Luke Andrews on it or something like that. Hmm. Well, you know, speaking of sponsors, we've got big news, don't we? We do. Oh man, this I is, mean, this is huge. Yes, oh, it, it's, it's big. Game big changer. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who wants who wants to break the news? I think Kenny should. It's, yeah. It's your news to break. All right. Well, we we voted, mm-hmm. and it's official. Yep. The lyrics and last podcast mm-hmm. is now accepting. Drum roll. You don't have a button for that? Not set up. I'm going over here. It was much better. Dogecoin. That's right. If a sponsor wants to pay us with the hot cryptocurrency Dogecoin, we'll accept it. It is now being accepted. So if you're listening, Mark Cuban and Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and we know you are, yep. you guys just send us a. You can you can send us an, an algorithm of Doge a Dogecoin, yeah, just a hint of what they have. Yeah, doesn't sound so bad then, does it? No, so good, yeah. so good. Yeah, I'd take a hint of their cryptocurrency. So wait, are am I? Am, yeah, my earpiece is, is am I is am I hearing our right in my ear? It's going to be Tesla is going to be our sponsor next week. Sounds about right. Said no bill, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's big time. Are I you writing that, down? Do you know have these addresses? I mean, we will drop Luke Andrews yeah. so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I Luke. Think, I think that's our new plan. We just we mention them and then we send them an invoice. Yeah. Well, if they pay it, it's one thing. If they don't, they don't. That's that's true. Yep. Yeah. Tonight's hmm. podcast sponsored by Tesla. Cars that'll drive themselves. So you can listen to our podcast. Yeah. You know, another guy that likes writing checks. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Bill Gates. Yeah. There you go. So he can cut us a check. Yeah. So hmm. maybe we should marry Greg off to Bill Gates. He doesn't have to last long. <laughs> I don't know. Because that's big checks. I don't think he has enough horse like features for. Oh my gosh. For, again, really? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I said it. Oh. <laughs> I've. Not made one Greg joke tonight. I've kind of actually just, only complimented Greg. Greg looks great. He's gleaming. Oh, oh, I didn't know you were really talking to me. Yeah. Okay. Greg's my best friend, guys. I'm just got to put that out there. Is that our, another big announcement tonight? Yeah. yeah. He pays me in Dogecoin to be his best friend. <laughs> so for, I, crap. I, I, I was trying to be so nice, too. <laughs> Mama tried a song written and recorded by Merle Haggard and the Strangers. It was released in July of 1968. First single and title track to the Mama Tried album. Spent four weeks at number one for Merle Haggard. And we will feature that tonight. And this could be the song that wins Kenny over. Because it's Mother's Day this Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love my mama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. Mama tried. Did she try? I, I think so. <laughs> I, I don't know the details of the song. Yeah. We, we so I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it's. I mean, this song won a uh, Grammy Hall of Fame Award 1999. This song is is actually is one of those songs that is being preserved in the National Recording Registry. Due to its culture, its historic, and its artistic significance, this song is one of those songs. Does it have an NFT? I don't know about that. We'll have to check on the... Okay. On the uh, I don't know if there's a big uh, groundswell for uh, country music NFTs yet. I don't know <laughs> if they've gotten in on that ground game yet. What so. exactly is an NFT? Oh, I don't think that's, this is the podcast for that. I'll give it the simplest answer. It's basically a digital... Uh, a, Think of like a digital piece of art that has a very a specific, like a, like in baseball cards, how people are trading baseball cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get it minted. Right. It, it has a mint on it. Well, this podcast. Yeah. We could get this minted and it, we could sell it as an exclusive NFT podcast. Someone owns one the thing. only one. Yeah, they only own that one. It is a unique mm-hmm. identifier. Yep. 
I believe to kind of connect this, I believe that, um, oh my gosh, I'm told Wu-Tang Clan. Didn't they create an album that was one album and one person got to own it? I'm almost I, positive. Yeah, I feel that's like that's true. right. So they were like in, they were kind of early on analog. In yeah, they were analog. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's the, I really think that's true. Um, I'm going to look that up while you all discuss some stuff. Well, so I, I saw something this week kind of off base, but it, it made me think about some of the conversations here. It was not country music related, but did you guys see the headline? Apparently the weekend had a third single from his most recent album. Go number one. It's the first time in history that one album has produced three number ones in three different years because he's had huh. tracks from this album that went number one in 19, 20 and 21. That's pretty, that pretty interesting. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that it's happening today, like where things are just kind of, you know, flash in the pan, it's out there, you kind of run through it and you're on to the next thing. Like I would have expected that to have happened prior, like in 1968, where you're kind of really truly dripping things out because they're not quite as and available. I think, but. I think we're kind of reverting back to that somewhat because they're not making as much money off of the songs. They're making more off of... Um, endorsement deals and concerts in in regular years okay so i guess the weekend i guess some of these albums are are lingering out there longer because they're not trying to make as much money off of them maybe so but you know he's still not happy with the grammys he's he's not even submitting anything that he's doing to the grammys he doesn't need it and have to nope. yeah. at this point Got money uh, to update you on the Wu-Tang Clan thing it was called Once Upon a Time in Shaolin and it was uh, limited to a single copy sold in 2015, most expensive work of music ever sold, recorded in secret over six years um, in Morocco by Wu-Tang Clan. And it was the winning bidder was American CEO Martin Shekri. He's Pharma Boy. Are you familiar with that story? Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, he's a hedge fund manager in jail? and convicted felon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He's the guy that I think would like was like driving up prices of Oh, they did it. There's a documentary on Netflix about him. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the story behind it. But anyways, that's that well, is At least he was using his riches for good. <laughs> so, what did he, <laughs> he pay had for? He an indie car in his basement. Well, an indie car? Yeah, and they repoed it. Well, you have I a Luke Bryan in your basement. In I do have a Luke Bryan in my basement. <laughs> I say, I say, boy, he is your NFT. Luke Bryan is your NFT. You have, you have the one, the one part. Um, I probably should explain that to Garrett because he may go to school tomorrow. But you know, we got Luke Bryan lives in our basement. <laughs> Maybe you have a nice, clean shaven neck. Maybe you should let Luke borrow one of your razors. I'm just saying. Have you seen him on American Isle lately? You just need to talk to him about that. He yeah. to shave. He doesn't shave. Like it's, it's like his chest hair runs into his neck. It's which a budget his thing. Beard. You know. It was $2 million. That's $2 how million. much he paid for it. So. Yep. What's the thing with flip phones coming back? Have you seen that? <laughs> Just a hint of crazy. <laughs> Just a <laughs> Everything old. I thought we were done again. with that. But, I mean, I guess when I dropped my phone with the $50 screen protector, if it had been a flip phone, it wouldn't have broken. Good point. But they say that the Instas, the Instas, what are they called? people that use instagram <laughs> younger than us i'm gonna be honest i don't know where this is coming from and i don't know where we're going well they they now flip phones are back okay <laughs> okay okay and again and and uh, mama tried by merle hacker <laughs> hey, that's my line apparently i'm not the only one um, anyway i just they're back i thought we were done with the wu-tang clan thing so i was bringing in flip phones but they're back and i don't get it Cause yeah, I mean, so honestly, fat. now I kind of get it. Because, you know, when I think Wu-Tang Clan, I think, oh, flip phones. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's because that's when they were popular is when flip phones were around, right? Wu-Tang Clan? We're going to say that's how your brain got there. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, we'll go yeah. with that. <laughs> Job here. So we, we're not going to talk about flip phones? I think yet? we're done with flip phones. Yeah. Mama Tried, song written and recorded by Merle Haggard and the Strangers. <laughs> Uh, released in July of 1968. I'm just saying bag phones are going to be back before too Merle long. Like, I'm going to be taking phone. my phone and, and I'm going to be looping it over my shoulder. Uh, it's going to have 30 minutes of battery life. <laughs> uh, that's where we're going. You know, in this song, uh, Merle focused on the pain and suffering he causes Maybe own mother. Kind of like the pain, pain and, and suffering, suffering Eric causes us weekly on this <laughs> if, podcast. If flip phones were to go away again. I don't know. 
Whatever. Maybe. I guess it's just me. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> if you're going to talk about no. it for a while, I'm going to turn my massage your back on. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Should we get to the, the lyrics? I, no. I, I think we should get to the lyrics. All we need is Kenny to help us out. Yawn. All right. And now, a reading. I'm just saying, like... <laughs> I'm not going to bring my iPad in here to read lyrics. I'm probably going to bring in, a, what is it called? An, uh, a flip phone? A razor? No, a no, razor. One of those, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fake typing. Um, Typewriter? An Amiga computer? Is that what they were called? The non-flat screen? You've been watching MTV Retro again? That- I don't know. I may have had a stroke. All right. <laughs> First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing. In a youngin's dream of growing up to ride On a freight train leaving town Not knowing where I'm bound And no one could change my mind But Mama tried I think we gotta pause Merle's story is incredible Like, he he is Have you heard of the song Oki from Muskogee? It's a pretty famous song I've heard that term, I don't know I, I don't think I knew it was a song. So Oki was, you know, all these Texans, Oklahomans that were moving to California way back in the day because of the, uh, the, the, what was it? The, the drought gold rush, uh, or the, you know, I think it was drought. Okay. Uh, they moved there and they, Californians kind of gave them an, uh, an overall term of Oki. Didn't matter. You know, if you were from that area, you're just Oki. It was kind of derogatory. Um, and so he wrote this famous song. His family was one of those families that moved out to California. So he's from Bakersfield. And we've talked a lot about the Nashville sound. Well, not a lot, but we have mentioned it before, which is kind of more of a poppy strings and country music. He's a part of the Bakersfield sound, which is a little more like you got to be loud enough to play in a bar. Roy Acuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Buck Owens. Buck, Buck Owens. Owens yeah. The, uh, Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Bakersfield sound. And so he actually, this song is not super autobiographical. There are some hints, but he, uh, he actually grew up in a box car. Like his family, uh, his dad worked for the trains and they had a box car and they converted it into a home hmm. and yeah. then hooked it when they would drive. I think, I think it was just planted. That's hmm. how I, I think that's how that goes. And he was always in trouble. He was always, you know, five finger discounting stuff to get by. And they got him in trouble later on in life, mm-hmm. multiple times. Like one time didn't he, he went to prison one time and he didn't actually do it, but they thought he, he was did due. Because yeah, of, yeah, they thought, well, yeah, he would be the one that could do it. And then when they figured out it wasn't him, they released them, but that was, he was a juvenile then. And then he ended up back in jail a few more times after that, but he actually went to prison. Mm-hmm. Unlike Johnny Cash, who didn't, who wrote about prison all the time, Merle Haggard actually went to prison and spent two years in San Quentin. Yep. But here's the cool thing. Did he write songs about it? Here's the cool thing. Is that when, you know the famous Johnny Cash performing at San, uh, at, yep. in the prison? Yep. Merle Haggard was in prison at that concert. <laughs> no way. Yep. Yep. Isn't that insane? Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and he was inspired by this and ends up joining the band, the country band that they had at San Quentin. And when he gets out, he basically changes his whole life. Um, and when he gets out, he becomes a country music star saved by a Johnny cash concert, which is funny. Cause Johnny cash, he wrote so many songs about prison. People I mean, 95% of country folks thought that he had spent some time in prison, but he hadn't the one that wrote a lot but didn't really refer to it like he was in prison was Merle Haggard. He is the one that spent more time behind bars than anybody. Yeah. Hmm. Is that his real name? I do believe so. I I think so. Yeah. I think Merle Haggard is his real name. Merle Ronald Haggard. Hmm. That's a country name, boy. Yeah, it is. That is a country name. Trains. Have, Have you ridden on a train? Yes. Yes. Do we count like... The Marta in Atlanta as a Let, train. Let's let's not say like a. What about the one at the Louisville Zoo? Do we count that as a <laughs> no, train? No, we're gonna say like. Oh, then a, I want to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna say like an like a train that we see around town, kind of thing, like in in our town, like New Haven, that area that's famous for trains. Maybe you've done the yeah. the, the the train ride there or something. Yeah. Have you? No. 
You really haven't? No. I've ridden mm-hmm. the one at Kings Island, I think. Yeah. And I've ridden the one at the Louisville Zoo. Yeah. Uh, there was a this guy that built trains around his yard. I think he was in Tennessee. We stopped there. So I rode on that one. I think it was driven by a lawnmower. It looked like a train. <laughs> at least I was going choo choo yeah. choo choo. That was two weeks ago, right? The one they had at the mall uh, in oh, yeah. Cincinnati. I rode that with my daughter once. Oh, that's cool. Got to wave by. You know, it's like, oh, there's Victoria's Secret. There's the Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the sights, honey. Yeah. So, train uh, is cool. But we real, did the, real train. No, I, w- I think that would be that would be very interesting to like ride train cross country. You know, the, and it, speaking of being able to live in boxcars, you can do that. You can there. There's like people that make cabooses that are like luxury cabooses and you can pay like CSX or whatever. You can hook to them and live in that and go see the country. Mm. That just pulls you along different huh. routes. And others, uh, you can do that route out West. It's like a five day trip. It's yeah. not too expensive. That'd be fun. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Uh, we did a Grand Ole Opry train years ago when I worked in radio in Louisville. They The Grand Ole Opry, some of the stars was doing a show in Louisville. And CSX or one of those had just refurbished this old, old historic train. And they were taking it from Jacksonville up north to Michigan, I think. And um, they were like, this would be a great way to promote it. That we've done this. So they stopped in Nashville. So we drove to Nashville and got on this train and rode it back. Uh, Jim Ed Brown, let me, little Jimmy Dickens. Uh, Dang, that's cool. Jimmy C. Newman. Uh, quite a few other Grand Ole Opry members were on this train. I'll never forget because Jimmy, uh, little Jimmy Dickens, you know, was real short. His hat box was almost as big as he was. They had to lift him up into the train. <laughs> he couldn't even reach the step. And so they put him in the train. And they had this observatory type of... Uh, a uh, car that, you know, kind of like a moonroof. It was pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. I I would, ever since then, I wanted to do that out west, that, that five-day, six-day trip, just because it was it was cool. We I've only done the, they did like a Thomas the Train experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and we did that because my son was obsessed with Thomas the Train. Yep. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a short, you know, you just, I don't even know how long it was, maybe 30 minutes or something. But it was a lot of fun. You know, we enjoyed it. You've. You did that as well? I've done that. Um, of course, there's the Kentucky Dinner Train mm. over in Bardstown. Mm-hmm. Have you done that? So I've been on it for events. I've not yeah. done the dinner, but yeah. the chamber over there has hosted some events with it. So I've I've been on kind of a short excursion with it, like for a breakfast years ago. So What do you think? So according <clears throat> to DerekLow.co, whatever website that is, to travel across country in America by, by train, and it looks like it's from around New Jersey, New York to California. What do you think that costs? So this is an actual passenger train where you get a, a seat or a private little. Um... It's the the three the three thousand four hundred mile coast to coast train ride takes four days if you do it without stopovers. So I'm going to go two grand, hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, I was going to go cheaper as well. Um, I'm thinking food, sleeper car, that kind of thing. Seven hundred bucks. It says it can cost as little as one hundred eighty-six dollars. Really? Now, I'm sure, there's like some fees and food, and that's kind I of means stuff, if you don't eat, you know, yeah, I'm sleep sure in your seat, that kind of thing. But and you have the cost of getting from Kentucky to New York to get on the train and then you got to get back from California. This is an expensive trip. <laughs> yes, it's getting outrageous. Yeah. I would so do that though. The train. There's something about that. I mean, could you ride it back? Could that be your vacation? 4 days over, 4 days back? Oh, I'd have to ride it back by myself cuz Jennifer would be coming back <laughs> on the train. I had a buddy in college, um we lived in Old Louisville and uh, it was a, a University of Louisville was playing football that day, so we're all tailgating at it um, what is the um, old fairgrounds. Uh, there was a big grass lot, and we'd all tailgate, play cornhole, and everybody was out there. <clears throat> so he had a, I don't remember what he was doing, studying or something. So he was like, I'll, I'll catch up with you all later. So next thing we know, here he comes jumping off the train that was really, really zooming. <laughs> he walks over, and uh, he's bleeding. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so we, we lived uh, uh, on Hill Street in, in Louisville. Some of us lived at Third, some was at Fourth, some lived at Fifth and Hill. And the, the railroad tracks are just down at Sixth and Hill. So the train was going real slow. And he said, came out his front door and he looked over and he said, that train's barely moving. I'm going to take the train to the fairgrounds. <laughs> So it hops on the train. <laughs> you know, as the as the crow flies from old Louisville down there is about three or four miles. Well, in that uh, stretch, I guess the train slows down because it's coming through old Louisville right. and there's several inner like several crossings that goes. But after that, uh, I don't know I if you're familiar with the up. area. It doesn't uh, have a lot of crossings that it does. It kind of <laughs> runs parallel with the uh, the interstate yeah. and then shoots out towards the Ohio River. Um, so yeah, he had a decision to make. Yeah, it was like <laughs> I don't know how long I'm going to be on this <laughs> or or so, jump off. So apparently, he either, waited too long to make yeah. that decision. So this is, he, this I is mean, because it passed, stop. it literally passes right past the fairgrounds, and he jumped off and uh, uh, wiped out. I think I, I mean the train was probably doing 35. I don't want to jump off a train at 35. No, miles no, no. Because no. uh, like mainly, what's around trains is I don't know rock. <laughs> So it's never you. I've heard stories of people like hopping on the train and taking a ride. You know, back in the old days, it has never occurred to me to be like, I should. I'm gonna get on that train. I'm gonna hop on that train. Yeah. I'm gonna go somewhere. I mean, yeah. And I love it that he just like walked out of the door, and it's like, hey, yep, this is a solid idea. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, wow. We can discuss that more later. But that's an incredible that's, story. Yeah. So. I, the train thing, I'd love to do a train trip, but I would also like to do a steamboat trip. Okay. Yeah, I'm into that. Like, some, like the Belle of Louisville? No, like the... Well, it's steam, not is there that a now. steamboat? Like the uh, American Queen. Yeah, the, the Belle of Louisville is a steamboat, but the American Queen is one that has rooms. It's almost like a cruise ship for the river. I, gotcha. I would like to... I'd like to do that or something about that. Like the Delta Queen used to be out there, but now it's it's not. It's just yeah, a that hotel. Would be fun. But I think that would be kind of cool just to go down the river and... Yeah, that would be cool. I'd be down for that. Were, were any of you into trains as a kid? A little bit, not not massive. We didn't have the money for the trains. I did have like one little little introductory type kit. Now, of course, when Gavin was growing up, the the Thomas the tank engine stuff, we still have a bunch of that because I'm sure that is. We're not just going to offload those because that costs way too much. Money. Yeah, I mean, so, were you? No, <clears throat> I was not. No, the kids were with Thomas and, and my dad actually collects a lot of like older, like toy trains. Yeah. And, um, he's just kind of a, a collector of a variety of things and trains are one of them. He's got a set up in the basement. The kids love going down and kind of checking it out. And that's cool. But these are like old school. Like, I don't even know how they run on the track, but <clears throat> that, that has really has always been fascinating to me. Like some of these people that collect them and build entire cities oh. in their basement and, Hey, there, there was one. This was. It may have been like at the Fair and Expo Center or something. There yes. was a train convention. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've been. They, mm -hmm. they actually had running water too. through them, and like the the little lights would blink on the cross sections. And I remember that, being that as a kid, thinking this I could play in here for days, yeah. Yeah. and it would be awesome. Except the problem is, you go to those things, and it's like don't touch. Yeah, oh man. Well, so there is an artist in our town here. <clears throat> In Elizabeth Town, that he's a great artist. He does all kinds of statues and things. Greg, you don't his entire. It's, it's fine. You don't have, <laughs> his entire second floor of his house is nothing but a is, is is train scenery, and he took a room and made it Switzerland. And so you crawl through this door and you come up through the middle of it, and the all, all the mountains and everything are all around you. That's and really he did cool. it all by hand. Wow. You know who else loves that stuff? Peyton Manning and Brad Paisley. They do. Yep. <laughs> they do. So. My son was really into trains, Thomas, and then anything else. So we, we actually went to the that, that, that convention. It's such an expensive hobby. You have to have money to, to, to want to do that. I remember my, my uh, because of course I have an ex stepbrother. Um, my, my stepbrother, when I was young, he would he lived in Alabama and then he would come up during the summers and visit and he loved trains. So he would we would come in and uh, or he would come in and we lived near a train track and he would get so excited and I remember we there was one train and we actually saw a caboose engine like the um, on Nicholas Street that okay. that train that's where we we lived over there and he saw that and I mean he flipped out 
That's a moment I will never forget. He was so excited to see this caboose. And it was kind of cool. Like, I'd never seen that before in, you know, in real life. But, but cabooses have kind of gone by the wayside. Like, now they're just parked and just, like, I mean, there's a bunch of them around here, it seems like, right? Because <clears throat> Cecilia has one sitting off the side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Vine Grove has one. I think West Point has one. So it's like. What, what was the point cabo- of a cabooses? caboose? Was that like sleeping quarters for the for the engineer or oh, the person to let you know that the train had cleared crossings and stuff like that? So someone would just be camping out in the end and say, "Yeah, we're yeah, we're clear, Bill, we're good." Like he hit a little button or something and go green and red. I it mean, was a rolling office for the transconductor and the brakeman. That's that's the purpose. That's a long walk to get back to <laughs> I'm the exa- office. <laughs> <laughs> Bill breaks over. Get back to the driver's seat. Well, crap! Oh, I'm going here. Uh, yeah. Here's something I've never understood about trains. There's always graffiti. Yeah. I've. Who is going to the train yard and just spending all of that time doing graffiti on trains? Mm. I don't know. And do they catch? Are they? Are there lookouts, or are they just have they just thrown their hands up and just yeah. been like whatever? It's just like become part of the culture. Yeah. It's like oh, it's all good. Well, but. The, the the problem that they were running into, and, and so they had to start, um, I'm going to get this a little bit wrong, but they had to start doing these like, these like tarp things inside because most of the ones that are being tagged, is that what the kids call it these days? Sure. Yeah. Well right? done. Um, are the car haulers, the ones that are hauling new cars. So they'd be in there spray paying, <laughs> then these cars would show up at their point, and they have, you know, overspray <laughs> all over them. So they had to. Think that one through. There again. is a whole article on on graffiti, uh, the history of graffiti or railroad graffiti. <laughs> I am going to deep dive that when you read these lyrics. <laughs> Do we, we want to get into more? Yeah, let me unlock the. Thing I mean that, that that it's when you know we've not discussed the lyrics enough when your screen goes black. That's true. Okay. One and only rebel child, from a family meek and mild. My mama seemed to know what lay in store. Despite all my Sunday learning, towards the bad I kept on turning, till Mama couldn't hold me anymore. Let's stop there. Joe, I mean, yeah, Joe's real into. Uh, I was, I was really into the, the, graffiti. the graffiti. He doesn't know what we're <laughs> I, talking I can't, about. I can't. I'm gonna have to read more about it. So, one and only rebel child from a from a family meek and mild. So, um, family's real tame. Laid back, just good country folk, and he is the devil child. Is that what we call him? There, the, the debate is: is this about Merle or is it not about Merle? I feel like this is not a biography. I, I think it's he's taking parts of his life, putting it into the story, but it's not fully about him. I mean, there's part of the. I mean, the chorus we're going to find out is for sure not about him. Well, it but, could be, but parts of it are exaggerated. Yes, exaggerated. There we go. Toughen it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, none of us are only, or are only childs, only children, only. No, nope. nope. yeah. I was for a time, you know. I think all of us. Maybe if you're the oldest, you probably were. But yeah, I have step I a, siblings and stuff, so had a pretty good run for about four years, and, and then it was over. <laughs> yeah. Six years for me. So, yeah, <clears throat> I was at one house. I was the only child until I was eleven, and then at the other house, I got an older stepbrother. So my, you know, that whole concept is, you know, I, I don't fall into like the, what is it? Like the, the sibling hierarchy. What is that called? When you're like older, like your birth order. Yeah. Birth. Yeah. Order. Sorry. That's what I was trying to think yeah. of. Yeah. That, I'm just a mess. <clears throat> you're, you're too many things. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. the single child. Yeah. You're the, you're, the, you're sorry. You're the only child. You're the middle child and you're the younger child. And I'm the oldest. And you're the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's real weird. Wow. Yeah. I got them all. It's probably why I'm broken. It explains a little bit, doesn't it? I've got a, yeah. I've got a, of everything. Oh. I, see. I see what you did there. Um, um, going to church growing up. Mm-hmm. He talks about despite all my Sunday learning, um, it wasn't did, helping, huh? Did we all have that experience? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was forced to go to church every Sunday. Yeah. Every Wednesday and every Sunday morning. And every Sunday night, we we went to church when I was uh, young, and then I don't remember why, but we, we quit going to that church. But we'd never—I mean, there was like a period of a couple of years that we didn't go regularly. We just didn't. There wasn't a church that 
we enjoyed. And then we started going to the Methodist church in town and then never missed a Sunday from like middle school through high school and since. Yeah. But that was, that was weird. And we just kind of, I remember being the only kid in the Sunday school class and the teacher would ask questions (laughs) and it's like, well, it's on you, brother. You, I hope you're paying attention. It was so much pressure. I hated that. Miss Wilson was her name. She was a nice lady, yeah, but man. one-on-one Sunday school. I know that is. It was that's, intense. That's real pressure. And she was. She would. She would ask questions. <laughs> She'd read the story, and then she would ask questions to me. I was like, "Come on, lady. There's no one else." <laughs> All right, class. Anyone? Anyone? Joseph? How about you? Literally, I'm the only one in. Here. You're the only kid in the class. Beverly, it's just you and Big I. Big church, I think right? We can be on a first name basis right now. <laughs> we we went to we church. Can... It was so small; they didn't even really have Sunday school. It's like in the middle of church, you would do children's moments. Yeah, you bring all the kids up. Yes, yep. and and whoever's doing children children's moments, they're not even really talking to the kids; they're talking to the congregation. Yep. Kind of like, all right, this is kind of, and I, I hated children's moments even from a young age because I thought I'm too old for this. And then, like, I would get to be like 11, 12, and they would be doing the children's moments, and my parents would be like, "Go on, go on up." Nope, like, I'm, I'm in youth group. I can't be doing this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> at, what, at what point do you not yeah, go? I can't be up here. Yeah, but my grandparents went, and and we would go with them some, but um, they went to a separate Baptist church, um, and same thing. So you'd get in there, you'd do your mingling, you'd sit down in the pews, you would um, do all the pre-church stuff up to communion, then you would have children's time. From children's time, you broke and went to Sunday school, so then you went downstairs, (laughs) then you came back upstairs for the hour-long preaching. We would get there about 9 in the morning central time, 10 our time, and we'd get home about 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I grew up Baptist. That's where you find a second church. <laughs> my grandmother was hopeful that that I would ultimately be a preacher after I spoke at like a youth Sunday. I just hope she's proud that I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just, thing. Oh, oh, she's looking down tonight and being like, "Well, they're yeah. talking about church. <laughs> it's close." It's, <laughs> Basically the same thing. So, at least one of those guys he's hanging with has to be a good dude. Oh, <laughs> tell your grandma thank you. <laughs> sweet of her. Yeah, out of the three it could have been. I'm gonna go. You're probably the last one on the list. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, we. I mean, I, I, I guess I enjoyed it because my papa when we went with them to church, papa was the first one in the building, and the last one out of the building. He's a talker. Did he have the yeah. key? I, I think he did <laughs> because he was always first one there and last one out. I don't know why. But the, and I would go periodically on my own, in like middle school, because mm-hmm. it was just right down the street. You know, because back then the, the, the van would come around and pick you up. Okay. Oh, I drove the van. Did you? Yeah. I used to drive the when, when I was a youth minister, I would drive the van. And uh, that, um, you know, it's ministry. But remember when you they would say some stuff. It was always weird, wasn't it? You know, the van just comes by and picks up any kid they can find and And takes them to church. That that was weird to me. Like parents would be like, yep, go on the van with this guy. You've never (laughs) met me. Don't even know his name. Get on the van and go with that guy. (laughs) And and it really was, you know, because used to the church, they wanted their name all over the side of the van. So they got the ones without windows. And I think they wised up when they finally got windows Mm -hmm. in the vans because they they, they attracted more children. Joe, how did you handle it when people came up looking about ice cream? (laughs) <laughs> then, like, well, I had a cooler. Oh, okay. I was at a cooler. Uh, side hustle. Yeah, you got to you yeah. got. I make some money on the yeah. side here. Yeah. Gas ain't cheap. No, it ain't. You got to yeah. pay even for when that. someone else is paying for it. It ain't cheap. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to talk about vacation Bible school. Oh I man, mean, my gosh! If you're a parent now and you could get your kids a VBS, I mean, that's four. <clears throat> you want that evening VBS? You don't want the morning four, VBS? Oh yeah. That's four weeks of your evenings free. Yeah, you want that. You find the right churches lined up in order. Just get them on a rotation. Another weird story that I had, and um, you all probably be familiar with this. If he's if he tells us someone rode the train to VBS, (laughs) no, no, but it's they called me on a flip phone. They they had so we we did the uh, the morning VBS. I mean, I think it was like ten to two or something like that. The one day they like the police came. 
fire truck and ambulance and everything. And then um, the helicopter came. It's like, uh, okay, that's cool. We got this helicopter here. So the youth pastor got in the helicopter, and they were going to go do a little, you know, loop de loop, loop loop de loop. So they go to take off, and they hit the top of a tree, <laughs> and and crash the helicopter. Are you kidding me? No, no. It, it, it was the old First Christian Church uh, that's that's now part of the school, and it landed in Panther Lane. The the helicopter did. And um, one of the gentlemen, he's no longer youth pastor. There still works at the church. Um, he jumped out and um, had to have him tell the story. I've never asked him about it. Are honestly. his initials CK? They are. Wow. Yeah. He got out and he said, um, "I got to go change my pants." And then he was, and then he was gone for a little while. So I'm assuming maybe, maybe. I mean, I, no, no shame. Okay, I know you're talking I about now. I yeah, I could see him saying that. I would have probably uh, wet myself or done something else in my pants too. I, I've got a buddy. You know, when you grow up in church and when you grow up in the Christian culture, it, you know, there's lots of stuff. I, I, I totally appreciate some of the stuff. Some of the stuff seems really weird looking back now and you know i go to church love jesus and you know go to help out with youth group and all that stuff but we've we, we got on this text thread where we were we were going back and forth and just saying like weird things that you when you were growing up in church that, that were kind of odd and one of them like i said one of them was uh, when the pastor would say do we have any any visitors here today would you just stand up so that we can recognize oh you my gosh. which is mortifying like <laughs> yes I, I mean i can't imagine anything i can't believe worse. you're even saying this so uh, we were going back and forth. You know, we said like Carmen, the champion, what a weird song. If you know, if you know that you're deep Christian culture, youth group kid back in the nineties. But I told him the story of, uh, he's, he mentioned, uh, um, you, uh, church league sports. And I said, Oh, well, I've, my friend Eric has a great story about church league sports. And so I'm setting you up for this. You were in middle school yeah, in basketball league. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> we we were uh, were playing basketball, and I was told um, we were told by our coach that um, you know, guys. Uh, I mean, he looked at us. I mean, took one ga- glance at us, and like these jokers ain't winning the game. But <laughs> well, we got to we got to pump them up. So he said, "Listen, guys, we may not win a single game this year, but you know what? We will the trophy. We will take home at the end of the season." The Christian Fellowship, or I don't remember what it was called, but it was being about being a good sport. In sport, the first game, our our, our coach uh, cussed out one of the referees and got ejected. <laughs> and this random dude that was watching, like we had to, it was either forfeit or we had to have an adult supervision. And he was like, uh, "I guess I'll I'll coach him." And he walks over and just sits on the bench. And he's like, uh, "You all guys all know each other." <laughs> Okay, you all just figure out who's going to go in, who's going to play, and sub yourselves out. I'll be sitting here. So did you win the Sportsmanship Award? <sighs> I think the decision makers are still out, but uh, I, still I, I think we still got a, a chance at this it. This is maybe. an honor to be nominated. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can we talk about the visitor thing, though? Oh, oh my gosh. Churches, and I still hear that now periodically, where they're like, do we have visitors if you're a visitor, please stand up so we can recognize you. I don't know if I'd want to go to a church like that because if you're new, and I don't know, there's something about being singled out yeah. like well, that I just can't. I same just thing handle when they would do altar call, right? I rem- I distinctly remember being a kid and thinking, you know, I you know this Jesus thing. I don't think I may you know want to want to get saved and do all that. And then the preacher would always say right after they did the thing. Now, now, who said who who said they wanted to get saved? Go ahead and stand up and come up here. We want to. And I was going, oh no, 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 no. I'll roll roll the dice for one more week here. I can just remember, you know, with the altar calls, like I just the pastor would be like, give us one more verse. Yes, no one came on. Yes, I've been there before too. Like, man, I think you're stretching this thing out. Like, yes, and I was a little desperate at this point. It does. I remember as a kid, you know, I. I was a youth minister for many years and that stuff always stuck in my mind of like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. This seems uh, disingenuous. It seems weird. I'm not about that. I I wanted to move away from that stuff. And, and I'm sure that in their, you know, in the, in their heart of hearts, they were doing thought they were doing the right thing, but sure. Sure. Super weird. And, and I won't mention the, but I was at a church one time, not not a church around here. I was visiting, and same thing happened. Pastor did that and would not give it up. It's like, 
Someone here. Play it again. Someone here. Uh, it's it's been laid on my heart. Somebody here needs to come forward. And I mean, this went this went on fifteen minutes. Yeah. And finally, his sister stood up <laughs> and was like, I, "I, I mean, I, you know, I." <laughs> Last week, I was just having a bad week. I was frustrated with the kids and stuff, and I, I don't know. I was probably not as nice to them as I should have been. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask for you. I think she was just shutting it down. Is yeah, what I think goes, was going on. Walmart's but. got chicken waiting on me right yeah, now, and it's getting cold. Po yeah. folks, it's, it's going to close. Yeah. So, all right, we've all right, some more lyrics. Yeah, all right. I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. Great line. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried. Mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, because Mama tried. How do you feel about that, Kenny? How do you feel about that chorus? About that chorus? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's where we get the exaggeration, right? Because he was in prison, but he obviously, it wasn't life without parole. But he was 21. Okay. When he turned, or uh, when, yeah, when he turned 21, he was in prison. Oh, man, bummer. Mm-hmm. So. I think he had a 15-year sentence. But got out early. Okay. So good behavior. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he joined the band. That's yep. true. Yep. I mean, that's wild. To th- I mean, Johnny Cash has this super famous performance at a jail, and Merle freaking Haggard is the one that comes out of that. How many that's people pretty- were there? 300? I, I, I really don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure I could. There's got to be a number of inmates on there. All right. I wonder if there's other stories. Yeah, like other attendees. I'm, I mean, you would think, yeah. right? But that's that's pretty wild to think about that. That he, I mean, he he ends up becoming an entertainer of the year. He's like a mega star, mega star. Mm. And we didn't even mention this. We talked about Buck Owens earlier, um, who was from. We've done one of his songs before, uh, Bakersfield Sound. Uh, he actually married Buck Owens's ex-wife uh, as well. She was his backup singer for a while. And then even after they divorced, she was a bridesmaid in his next wedding. <laughs> huh. And they remained friends. That's she a country rem- song in she itself. She remained a backup singer for him. She was actually one of the first uh, female vocalists of the year, uh, Bonnie Owens, and had had a career of her own. But, yeah. So okay. she married Buck Owens. H- had children with Buck. They got divorced. Yep. She was a bridesmaid for Buck's new wife. No, no, no. no. She, she she marries married. Merle. Okay. Merle and her get divorced. Okay. Merle remarries. She's, She's a, a bridesmaid, bridesmaid in Merle's in wedding. Merle's wedding. Huh. That is a country song. Okay. Yeah. And it all started in prison. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So maybe yeah. prison's not that bad of a place. <laughs> well, to Merle it was. Don't knock it before you try it. Because yeah. Merle, he was getting in trouble... A lot, you know, over the over his life, and he he says that, uh, you know, his mother had talked about how wild he was, but he believes prison is what completely changed him. It was the wake up call, scared straight. He scared yeah. himself straight. I would not ugh. would not do well in prison. No. Spoiler alert. No, I know that's just shocking, but would he says not he, do well. He was glad he got locked up because without that, he wouldn't wouldn't have been a changed person. Wouldn't have made as much money as he made either. Yeah. And he got a and he got a pardon. Ronald Reagan pardoned him. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So he's no longer a convicted felon. Well, and he's dead. Oh, that's how <laughs> he got pardoned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at least he's not around to see flip phones come back. So that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> what a relief. Oh my. Did he live long enough? When did he die? Twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, he saw a flip phone. He may even saw an iPhone or two. The cool thing is Probably though that he phone. he did yeah. get to see his song put into the National Recording Registry. He passed away fourteen days after that. Born on his birthday, obviously. Died on his birthday. He was born on his birthday. Born on his birthday. Born died on, on his birthday. I think you need to refact check nope. that. I don't. I, I don't Wikipedia believe that. it, and it is a fact. I was not 6th. born on my birthday. Little known fact about me. Are you kidding me? Mm. When were you born? Uh, the day before my birthday. Really shocker. Yeah. Huh. You want to get some more some lyrics? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, the button isn't going to hit itself. I'm, I can only do so many things over here. Dear old daddy, rest his soul, left my mom a heavy load. She tried so very hard to fill his shoes. Working hours without rest, wanted me to have the best. She tried to raise me right, but I refused. And I turned 21 in prison, 
doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried. Mama tried to raise me better, <laughs> but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, because Mama tried. <laughs> What'd you think about that, Luke? Do you think that was Merle in here in the flesh? Hated it. <laughs> I knew I didn't like that guy. Wow, what a, I mean, what a jerk! That was say. that was one of his quickest entrances. <laughs> wow, um, one thing to say. His dad did uh, in in Merle's real life. His dad did uh, die early. Okay, so he didn't just leave. You know, like run off with another woman. He he actually died early, and so his mom did have to work extra work extra jobs. Merle got into trouble doing stuff, and so that that you know again part of the semi autobiographical part of this song. It, that that part is true. Um, Merle was also a really good impressionist. Did you see this clip? It was really like worth watching. We should oh, I watch. I think so. He does a he does impressions of Marty uh, uh, Marty Robbins, Johnny Cash, and uh, Buck Owens, and it's it's kind of it's spot on. It's really good. We should watch it after we get done here tonight. But uh, it's it's a it's a cool clip uh, if you want to YouTube. So. All right. Mm. Let's say it, it, it is Mother's Day. We're fifty-one minutes in, but real quick, what's what's something that that Mama tried for you guys that you appreciate her trying and doing for you? Can be anything. <clears throat> I know we're putting you on the spot. Take a minute to think. I can sing the song again if that's. Uh, <laughs> Dear old Daddy, rest his soul. Nope, I got it. I got it. Oh, I got it. Start, start, Joe. Start, Joe. Start, Joe. So very high. okay. Ready to answer? We're ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> My mom. And, and this this stuck with me. It was so important to her that I opened doors for people. Like, that was a, uh, she was a stickler on that, that I opened doors for her, for women. And so, like, if we got to a door, she would wait for me to open it. Hmm. And that that was, and that's, that stuck for sure. Very cool. Hmm. Kenny? Um, gosh, there's lots. I, I go to... Um, probably my senior year of high school, like there was just some, I, I was considering walking away from the football team and um, without like, you know, telling me what she thought I should do. Mom kind of talked through that and, and just made me realize like finishing it was going to matter. Um, Cause I had, you know, I had played all four years and yeah. So like just kind of that moment of letting me figure it out, but at the same time kind of guiding me to that, like there's value in sticking, sticking it out. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. My mom taught me work, work ethic. Man. Dishes. Dishes were rough. I mean, because, you know, as a teenager, you always try to figure out a way to get out of doing dishes. Well, and I mean, no running water, no dishwashers. <laughs> I mean, had to go to the creek. It was real work. Had to go out to the creek to get water. No, <laughs> didn't have to do that. Did she teach you how to churn butter? <laughs> she taught me how to do the Dougie. No, I actually no. <laughs> she didn't. Huh. I would love to see a video of that. <laughs> no, but she, I, I remember um, trying to get myself out of doing dishes, you know, fall asleep while you're doing your homework. Yeah. And she would get me up at like two in the morning and get my dishes done. Mm. So work ethic. Taught me work ethic. And to this day, I hate doing dishes. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. No. That's what the dishwasher's for. And kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got young kids. Hate to disappoint you. Oh. Doesn't get much better. Oh, I can't wait till they can mow the yard. Yeah, it's not going to get much better. It's going to look like crap, though. Yeah, uh, be mowing forever. I don't care about my yard. <laughs> yes. Uh, What'd your mama teach you? Uh, the same thing. I was going to say work ethic. Mom worked when I was growing up. Didn't have to, and did. Thought that that was something that was good. I think she got that from my grandfather. Her father. He was always hard worker. She did too. Even even when she didn't work. I mean. Always, always doing something busy had to be, had to be doing some volunteering at church, you know, cleaning the house, you know, changing something, painting, doing something, mm-hmm. but always work. Ethic. We didn't have much money growing up. So my parents, my mom did, was always trying to find odd jobs to, to make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I became icy bear. You know, the icy, uh, nope, but the I want to hear this story. Nope. Go yeah. ahead, Greg. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to need I'll yours, brother. And also need pictures. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There are pictures. I was Icy Bear at the State Fair for a few years. 
Because my mom would take her two weeks like vacation. I C E E. I C. Yeah, the, 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 the drink, red drink. Yeah, the red right? drink. Yeah. Ah, okay. um, so my mom would take vacation and go work the I C booth with some friends of ours that work for that company, and I would go and be there, and I was I C Bear. Wow. Yeah. I never forget one of the funniest stories ever is my mom goes to the East Wing of the of the Kentucky State Fair. That's like the the flea market space. And she comes back because school starts the Monday after. So she's like, hey, I hadn't had a chance to get all the school clothes yet. So everybody's been talking about these T-shirts. So she goes in and gets me one of those T-shirts to wear. She's like, you know, everybody's talking about it. The Icy Beer T-shirts? No. Oh. New Kids on the Block T-shirts. <laughs> 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 and I tell her, I go, Mom, there is no way I'm wearing that to school. Oh. She goes, but all the people were talking about it. I'm going, yeah, they all have daughters. Mm. I... I'm a, wow, that's wild. So I did not wear the new Kids on the Block t-shirt. That like instantly popped up an image for me of when I lived, um, when I li- when my mom got divorced the second time, we lived in a trailer, uh, and there was a friend that would come over sometimes, and he brought us all new Kids on the Block shirts, <laughs> like as a gift, and was excited about it. <laughs> And I remember thinking, I'm never going <laughs> to Come on, man. That was the right stuff. Yeah. That's unbelievable. You'd, oh have, my to gosh. Hang, you'd have to be hanging tough. <laughs> <laughs> but now I would you wear it ironically, up. you know? You, 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 we you should did. do that. We should order new kids and block t-shirts. Yes. <clears throat> you wear your Iggy Azalea shirt, Kenny, and we'll all wear new kids. Every day. N-K-O-T-B, right? It's his undershirt. He never takes it off. So, <laughs> so I am curious. Does anybody else have mascot stories? I mean, Greg was have the you been, Have you been to mascot? I have. Where were you? I was like the Oreo, like the giant Oreo at the gr- re-grand opening of the grocery store that I worked at in high school. Look wow. at that. Yeah. We've all got fame. I was the Easter bunny at church one year. Not the one that, you know, goes down people's chimneys and leaves baskets for the kids. I was... <laughs> I was the one that... Tell uh, your Christmas story again. <laughs> well, sometimes I'd dress up as the Easter Bunny and we'd go drive around and we got back. Santa had came. Um, I have been uh, toothy for a uh, local dentist in That's town. Right. Um, and I think... I can't remember if I was the mascot for one time in high school. I feel like I was. That feels like something I would have done, but I can't yeah. remember now. I'm still trying to process how tall the Easter Bunny would have been when Eric was the Easter Bunny. <laughs> it oh, was terrifying. It scared me. Yeah. You know one of the scariest things of being the Icy Bear at the State Fair? Uh, Everybody wants to know if you're a guy or a girl. <laughs> and they don't ask. <laughs> it's always, I mean, there was a lot of awkwardness. Mm. Please remind me. To tell you the joke I thought of <laughs> after the podcast. You don't know which bathroom to go in. It's <laughs> uh, icy there. <laughs> oh, man. Ma- mamas. I w- we should give a shout out to our moms. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Blessings to them. Thank yes. you for, for you tried to you tried to steer us from being podcasters, but you just couldn't do it. Right. We were they didn't even know what that was. There'll be no, a nice they hanging did. basket. They, just knew they didn't want us to do it. My, a nice hanging basket on your porch Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for by me, not by this podcast. I gotta go shopping. I gotta I'm taking my mom out to eat. That's what we normally do. Yeah. Good luck with that. She did that. So Well, we did it, guys. Mama tried. Merle could, Haggard. Could, could this be the moment that Kenny's mom gets the ultimate gift? <laughs> she loves love country music. I mean, she loves country. Kenny, are we going to be doing life in prison without parole <laughs> in the form of this podcast? Or are you going to say yes and let us all free? Nope. Your all's behavior is terrible. Ah, <laughs> gone it. I'm Kenny. not pointing any fingers, but someone's getting shanked tonight. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Kenny doesn't love his mama. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, Ow, shots fired. Hey, 57 episodes in. I've got to give it a shot. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. Guys, what a podcast night. We thought we were all tired. It's a different night. We didn't think it was going to happen. Made it work. It did. Good night, Fairdale. Subscribe to and rate our podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast, now including Pandora. 
Also look for the Lyrics and Laughs podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or you'll find sneak peeks in the next week's episode. Just search Lyrics and Laughs pod and check out a classic country Lyrics and Laughs playlist on Spotify featuring over five hours of country gold. Big thank you again to Luke Andrews, luke.homesearchlobal.com, custom home sites in the new Briarwood Reserve. Lots ranging from a half acre to three quarter acre ready to build your dream home. Just give Luke a call. Thanks again for listening to Lyrics and Laughs. We'll see you again next week for episode number 58. Yo, bye!